Hello, hello everyone. My name's Katie. And this is Josh. And this is Health Formation, a podcast where we give you health and wellness news to use. Welcome, welcome everyone. Thank you for tuning in today. Josh, how's everything going? Going well. Just, uh, you know, here and ready to talk about uh, some coffee. Caffeine, everyone's favorite topic. Caffeine, coffee, the whole works. didn't have any coffee today, so I'm at a medium right now. I definitely did, and I needed it. In your summer break, you needed coffee? Yes. Um, <laughs> to, to get here for 10 a.m.? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what can I say? Understandable. So, we have a CNN article that we want to chat with you guys about today that actually Josh found. Yep. So, this has been all over Facebook. I, I think I actually found it on Reddit first, but... Uh, it was the article talking about uh, 25 cups a day still being safe for heart health. Um, so I found this, and um, I, I actually found a couple of other news sources that had a title similar to this, and um, I thought it was a little bit misleading um, because some of the some of the news sources were kind of making it sound like you could drink up to 25 cups a day, and there would be no issues. It's like one of those articles where they just put on a catchy title so that you hopefully read the article. Yeah. Well, it worked. And I clicked on the article and read (laughs) and uh, ended up finding the actual research article. Uh, And so I sent that over to Katie, and we just wanted to talk to you guys about it today and uh, about what the actual research shows and... um, how you can kind of interpret that in your day-to-day life. This is a great example of why you shouldn't just read an article title and think that you know everything about the article. Yes, I agree. I agree because there is a lot of nuance and, um, yeah, we'll get into it. Yes. We'll get into it all. So. so to start out, let's talk a little bit about what happens when you drink caffeine. So we know that caffeine is a stimulant which means that it will raise up our heart rate. It will transiently raise up our blood pressure. So just for a short amount of time, which generally isn't dangerous for patients that don't have high blood pressure or hypertension or aren't in that kind of pre-hypertension category. Um, And it usually resolves pretty quickly on its own. So that is one of the things that we do see with caffeine consumption Um, I might have said coffee, but it's just all kinds of caffeine. So if you're getting your caffeine from soda or tea, it still has the same effects. Um, So this study was looking at the effects of caffeine on arterial stiffness. So arterial stiffness basically looks at the elasticity of our arteries. So we want our arteries to be elastic because that's what helps the blood to pump from the heart the oxygenated blood to pump from the heart out to the rest of the body. Um, And that that elasticity is what helps the blood to move. So think about when your arteries squeeze, um, they have to compress that blood and it shoots it onto the next portion of the body. So when you have arterial stiffness, it's harder for those arteries to squeeze as well. They're less elastic and the blood can't really move as far. So one of the long-term adverse effects of hypertension or 
continuous high blood pressure is that increased arterial stiffness because that pressure pressing on those arteries constantly is increasing the thickness of the arteries and it's making them harder to move. So we wanted to look at, or actually the authors of this article wanted to look at the effects of caffeine and if that had an effect on arterial stiffness. And uh, the article actually specifically looked at coffee, um, which is kind of interesting because, as Katie said, caffeine in general um, can cause an increase in heart rate and um, can you know, contribute to arterial stiffness. But uh, they were only concerned with ca- uh, coffee in this study. So, so this study was in the UK. Um, It was a pretty large study. It had about 18,000 participants. And what they did was they looked at a cross-section of participants. So that means they looked at those participants just at a moment in time. And they divided them up between patients that had or participants that had less than one cup of coffee per day, and that was considered to be the control group. So that was what they compared the coffee drinkers to. The the second group was those who had one to three cups of coffee per day, and the third group was those that had greater than three cups of coffee per day. But it is important to note that all the participants in this study were, they had uh, no cardiovascular disease at baseline, so they were heart healthy starting out the study. So if you or someone that you love that drinks a lot of coffee has underlying cardiovascular disease, these results do not pertain to you. And so they they looked at the arterial stiffness of the participants in the different groups. Um, so there were 3,800 patients in the control group, which was the less than one cup per day. And then there were about 3,000 in the one to three cups per day and 1,500 in the greater than three cups per day. And what they found was that there was no no difference in arterial stiffness between the groups. So basically all of the patients had the same level of arterial stiffness. And there wasn't even a trend towards increasing arterial stiffness in the group that drank greater than three cups. Um, It is pretty consistently even across the three groups. They have a pretty nice little figure um, showing the three groups and the coffee consumption and the... Um, the distensibility is what they have labeled on the figure here. Um, and that's just a term for how, um, basically how they measure the stiffness of the artery. Uh, and we can actually put that figure in the notes, in the show notes too, if you're interested in seeing that. I love that we have show notes. It's so fun. We're official. (laughs) Um, So the 25 cups, the reason that the CNN and the other news sources kind of hooked onto this 25 cups thing, was that the study actually excluded patients who drank greater than 25 cups per day, which means that there were patients that had been consuming up to 25 cups of coffee per day. So does this mean that everyone should just say, yeah, I can drink 25 cups per day and I'll be healthy? Absolutely not. No, it doesn't. Well, one of the things that happens with caffeine is that you develop a tolerance to it over time, which you might have noticed if you drink a coffee every morning when you wake up and then you need that to start your day. And if you don't drink that coffee, you kind of get some withdrawal effects, like you can get a a headache. But because of that tolerance building up, you need more and more coffee to reach the same effect. So 
That means if you take someone who hasn't been drinking very much or maybe just one or two cups of coffee per day and all of a sudden they go right in and have 25, they are obviously going to have a much more intense reaction to that 25 cups of coffee than someone who's been drinking all of that every day. That was why we kind of wanted to bring this up and say, you know, don't just dive right in and start having two pots of coffee per day. Yeah. We actually figured it out to be about a gallon and a half of coffee uh, per day to get to 25 cups. And that, if you've ever tried to drink that much water, it's pretty challenging. So I can only imagine chugging coffee all day long. Um, I mean, for one, that's going to impact your sleep greatly. I think what is the half-life of caffeine is like six or eight hours or something. So, I mean, you... Would you even sleep at that point? I mean, maybe if you were adjusted to it and right. you have, you know, built up a tolerance, but there's a lot of different uh, things that this uh, could impact. I sure. just think you'll be in the bathroom all day. <laughs> Constant. Constantly. Constant flow. So inefficient at work. You would have to just be getting up every five minutes to go to the bathroom. I guess that would decrease your sedentary time because you'd have to be constantly getting up to pee. I think the jitters would probably burn some calories too. (laughs) The main takeaway from this study is that the caffeine doesn't negatively affect your arterial stiffness. It doesn't increase your risk, I guess, in that sense for heart attack or stroke, which we do worry about with increased arterial stiffness, increased risk for heart attack and stroke. Um, But that doesn't mean that it's completely benign. We do still want you to drink your coffee in a a way that's enjoyable and that will perk you up in the morning, but not constantly drinking that 25 cups per day. And also, um, one of the things that we wanted to talk about was what might happen if you are in that category of patients that has a little bit of increased blood pressure or you already do have hypertension, what does coffee drinking kind of mean for you? Yeah, so on that note, I found an article uh, that was posted... um, this is actually a journal article, and the the title of it is Hypertension Risk Status and Effect of Caffeine on Blood Pressure. And uh, I'm not really going to dig into the specifics of the study, but they were just comparing uh, the effects of caffeine on blood pressure in groups of individuals that were at risk for hypertension and even some that actually were considered to be hypertensive. And uh, they found that you know, when these individuals had uh, caffeine, caffeinated um, beverages, they would have they would have an increase in their blood pressure, which would, if they were at risk for hypertension, it would it put them into a hypertensive category after after the fact. Um, so that could definitely cause some issues if you are you know at a pre hypertensive state. You might want to you know maybe just consult uh, your physician or whoever your healthcare provider is and just see, you know, if they think you should be having caffeine, caffeinated beverages or any of the other sorts. So one other thing I just wanted to touch on. So I don't know if you guys are familiar with the blue zones, but the blue zones are five areas around the world where they have the highest portion of people that are living to over 100 years. And so obviously there's a lot that goes into living a long and fruitful life, but they did look at the use of caffeine in people that live in the blue zones. And they found that 
most people that live in the blue zones do drink coffee. So they generally have coffee every day. Um, they said that in general, the those people are drinking it with a little bit of sweetener in it, but no milk or cream. And they just found that overall, those patients are still living long and healthy lives. And this article that I looked at kind of wanted to dive into some of the reasons as to why caffeine may be contributing to that longevity. And they did give us five reasons, but I just wanted to touch on one, which I thought was really cool, um, is that caffeine is the number one source of antioxidant that we consume as Americans. So an antioxidant is something that prevents or delays cell damage. So it helps to reverse damage that is caused caused by all of the toxins in the air and the things that we eat in our unhealthy environment. Those antioxidants can reverse that. And for the amount of caffeine that we drink, it's, it's actually contributing as the number one source of antioxidants to our diets. So I thought that that was really interesting. So there's three main antioxidants that are in caffeine. So the highest is beta carotene, which is a form of vitamin A that helps with our eyes, our skin, um, helps to just improve health overall. And then number two is vitamin E. Um, vitamin E is a definitely a strong antioxidant. It is considered to help um, with free radicals. So free radicals are things that can cause, or cells that can cause damage in the body. Um, and vitamin E can help to reverse those free radicals. And then it also has vitamin C in it. And so the only compound that this study found that had more antioxidants in it than caffeine was dates. But Americans don't generally just go around consuming bags full of dates. So they said that caffeine was our number one um, antioxidant, which I think is pretty cool because normally I think of like fruits and vegetables, but not caffeine for that. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. I uh, I wonder if there are any benefits to coffee itself. You know, so if we have maybe any of our listeners that drink decaf, you know, are they getting are they getting any uh, health benefits from that? Um, that could be another thing to look into. Yeah, in the future. I'm not sure if the decaffeinated coffee has the same antioxidant effect. I did look at another study that looked at um, caffeine risk and as related to depression, which I won't get into. But it did look at those that had decaffeinated coffee, and it found that the decaffeinated coffee did not have the same effect as the caffeinated coffee as related to prevention of depression. Hmm. That's, so. Yeah, that's interesting. I know that decaffeinated coffee is not totally, caffeine's not totally absent from decaf. Right. So um, maybe the trace amounts could still offer some benefit, but that is to be discovered, I guess. Yes. Well, thank you very much for tuning in to us today and listening to our little mini episode on caffeine. We hope you learned something. We hope you enjoyed it. Um, please check us out on Facebook at Health Formation. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and CastBox. I, I think we're on Pocket Cast. Pocket well. Cast. That's the one Josh uses. So check us out. Uh, if you want to get in touch and, um, you know, just give us your comments. If you have any questions or anything, you can reach us on our Facebook, like Katie said. We also have an email. Um, feel free to email us. It's healthformation.podcast at gmail.com. And uh, also, any of the articles that we mentioned today, 
we can we'll definitely put links to those in the show notes. So if you're interested, you can definitely check those out. Yeah, and send us questions because we would love to do an episode where we answer all your questions. So healthformation.podcast at gmail.com. Thank you. Thanks, guys. <laughs>